0: Car order. It's always
1: been car order. I strongly disagree. That's Please the be. way it is. Do, do me out through the window in a nice way. Uh, just so I can go down uh, and drink a carton while everyone punches that, on. Just pisses me to tears. That's the worst thing you can do. You shut uh, up, you uh, hack. Talking about boat ramps. This is what I wanted to get through from yeah, the start. <laughs> oh, you just made an idiot.
0: So on that, you obviously got an obsession with tuna, and um, when you were heavily into spearfishing, dogtooth tuna were Uh, were the one that uh,
2: caught your fancy. What's the biggest one of them you've
0: actually shot?
2: You shot uh, a few big ones. Yeah, um, that was my that 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 was kind of my lifelong obsession, I guess. (laughs) Dogtooth tuna. Heartbreak tuna, I guess you could call them. Oh, they're <laughs> bastards. Oh, they're they're they, absolute they, pricks. They literally like the highs and lows of dog tooth tuna. Like, um, yeah, they, you get obsessed with them and just everything about them, they're so hard. Like, for starters, you know, they're such a powerful fish that with really soft flesh and the country they live in. They yeah, they in, like to go to the bottom like, they, a, they like they a cod. And go to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a tuna that acts like a shark <laughs> and then acts like a cod. And then, like, yeah, they play with your mind.
1: Because they're actually a mackerel, aren't they? Yeah, they're a yeah. 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 yeah, They don't know what they fucking want to be. Nah, nah, no, they're they,
2: confused. Yeah. <laughs> but they're definitely uh, – um, and they just – you can't nut them out. Like, you know, you'll be punching, you know, 30 to 40-meter dives all day in a raging current off a big drop-off and – then, like you know, someone drifts onto the reef in eight meters of water, and there's an yeah, there eighty are. kilo one. Right there. <laughs> shoot it from the surface. Yeah, um, same thing. But yeah, the biggest tuna, the biggest dog tooth I've shot, I've lost. Yep, which is uh, generally you'd um you'd think is the story with most. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm
0: I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've lost you, I've lost some monsters. Yeah, let's right. start ticking them up,
2: <laughs> everyone. I mean, it goes on. Um, there's so many variables. Gear failure, uh, just the sharks. Sharks. The you know the shot. The shot pulling. My biggest. The biggest one I shot. I think I um, I point blank shot this thing like two meters away, just straight in the back of the head. Like you're gone. You know this thing was like big fish. Like I'd be you hold in like the eighty to ninety kilo range yep. for a dog tooth. You know is you know two hundred pound dog tooth. That's it. That's the, the benchmark. The goal. But yeah, and just like you're just like oh, your mind just shoot this thing, and then boom, the thing goes down, pulls your two floats down, and then you know goes pulls your two floats down twenty meters, and all of a sudden boom, sh- yeah. they're just flying back. And, you know, as soon as you see those floats come hurtling back to the surface, it's literally just like yeah, you know, someone just stabbed you in the heart. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the worst feeling in the world for um for anyone. A lot of people will be able to you know. Sympathise. Sympathise on that one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, and it doesn't just happen once or twice. It's happened a few times. You know, shots yeah. pulled. I've had, like, 700-pound cables snap, yeah. just the power and that in the first run or they've taken you into the reef. Um, but, the, you know, I actually – the dog tooth tuna, I sort of felt – I got – I'm one of those, like, fluky bastards, you could say, <laughs> that straight off the bat, before I even got obsessed with them, I, um, I managed to nail a big one uh but you know because i've been diving i've been diving all my life and you know seriously spearfishing since i was like sort of 19 18 19 and so where'd you start off where were uh, you originally from up here in i grew up in robin yeah yeah so right yeah yeah robin so um up north here and i was lucky enough also my dad was a mad can spearo he was a good diver so you know he my earliest memories are, you know, diving the islands, just swimming around at the top. Like We'd be watch, swimming around watching my dad drop down and shoot a trout and kill it and come up and hand it to us kids and we'd be, like, trying to hold this big fish. <laughs> swimming with it while he's swimming around <laughs> doing that. So, you know, we were sort of always, you know, it came natural. I think I shot my first fish. I, like, did you to Whiting when I was, like, six or something. And, yeah, we always loved it, loved the ocean. Like, our dad used to sort of, like, play this game with us we'd, would hold onto his neck and he'd dive down and swim down and, you know, as soon as we were we needed air, you know, we'd tap him on the shoulder and he'd <laughs> yeah. swim us back up. <laughs> so from an early age, you know, we were initiated into the uncomfortable world of breath hold.
1: <laughs> you yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but then we sort of didn't – I didn't really, you know, I, I played around and it was just a, a little, you know, something I did every now and then. But it wasn't until, like, yeah, I was sort of 18, 19. I was mainly surfing down south at the time. I just got sick of the crowd and – and you know, you know <laughs>
1: fucking, fucking people—it keeps coming back mate. to that. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. But anyway, I got away from people. It was diving. It's like you know, wherever we went, you were on your own, and yep. you know, it was a challenge. You were hunting. You had to be fit. You had all this. You know, there's so many factors and the excitement in it as well. Um, so we did that a lot, and then it was yeah. I was. We did a trip. We, me and a mate, went to Fiji. You know, by this stage. I've been spearing for probably six or seven years, like, I've been right right into it, you know, like, probably fairly plenty, yep. obsessed with it, you know, we are down south, we are shooting heaps of um, WA Jewfish, and Queen Snapper, and things like that, and doing trips up north, up around here, and, like, plugging lots of mackerel, and things like that, and anyway, we went to Fiji, and we were surfing, anyway, it was a surf trip, and we are like, well, well, my mate had been there the year before, and he was like, yeah, there's heaps of um job fish and you know your reef species and it's like there's this crazy big drop off beside this wave we surf. and it's like i saw this 30 kilo doggy This one day we were there and i was just like doggy i was like oh doggy like i'm you know this is this this mythical fish that i've heard about and all these movies i've watched you know in all torelli's movies and that brett verco and that like yeah whatever these guys have been doing that so i was like yeah so you know we we're like we're getting serious for blue water hunting so we I bought a five meter bungee to put on my float line. I got another <laughs> super 11, serious. Yeah, yeah. I got another eleven litre float. <laughs> I ran a um, a breakaway setup. So you know it wasn't it broke away straight onto your um, float line and I was like, right, I'm I'm geared up. I'm gonna <laughs> smash it. I'm gonna smash a doggy. Yeah. My thirteen hundred Rob Allen. I was like, I'm gonna get real serious. I'm gonna put another sixteen mil rubber with my eighteen mil rubber on my thirteen hundred Rob Allen. Yeah. I was like this is on. Yeah. Anyway, we went over there and It was all good. It was great. You know, we'd surf and then we'd go back to the boat, have something to eat, and then we'd just jump in on this beautiful drop-off, like 40-meter viz. Amazing. Like, you couldn't ask for anything better. And anyway, we'd been diving. We'd been there for like a week or so, diving every day. We shot a few Mackies, some Jobbies and that. And then this one day I was like, I had not seen any doggies, and I was watching the patterns, and there was these certain sharks that'd come in, and you'd always see them, the same shark, and I'd see the same shark off this point. It would come into us, and then it would just disappear out into the blue disappear out into the blue and i was like watching this and i was like fuck this thing's the shark's onto something so i'm just gonna fire this shark out into the blue and anyway i fired this shark out and anyway, i fired it for, like 100 meters or so and then all of a sudden just in the middle of nowhere there was this rise like this high point came out of nowhere blue water and this high point and i just big ball with trevally on it big steward jobbies like amazing and i was like, oh, Screamed out to my mate, like, come out and just swam out. And anyway, we, we dove it and it just screamed dog tooth, Like, screamed big doggies. And anyway, we were shooting big jobbies in that off a couple of big Mackie. It was, like, it was good fun. We saw some smaller doggies. And then um, anyway, like, I was the – the jobbies were all hanging down really deep, you know, like, you were sort of having to do, like, 25-metre to 30-metre drops every time yeah. Yeah. to shoot the jobbies out. Everything sits deep over there. And my mate was struggling to get one. He wasn't the deepest diver, so I was, like, coaching him through it anyway. And then it's one arvo. It was, like, late arvo. I played a big jobby. I was all stoked. And then I was trying to get my mate one of these big jobbies. And it's all come together. He dropped down. And, you know, he's like, nah, this big jobby. He was, like, super stoked. Come up and, like, pumped with it. Yeah. And, like, you know, killed it. And he's got this big jobby in his hands. And it was sort of like, oh. And I was like, I'll do one more drop, you know, just see if anything came in on that jobby so it was like i've dropped down and i remember dropping down you know i hit sort of like 25 meters sat there leveled out and i saw other jobbies come in and i've like you know put my head down ignored them as you do to try and bring them in and put my head down ignored them and i've turned around to see them and there's these jobbies and all of a sudden like this big school of jobbies just parted and like out from it just came these two dinosaurs like these <laughs> just can't i'll never forget it like coming up from the depths like this dark drop off just these two huge heads Came in the one that was closest to me was absolutely ridiculous, like, you know, like seven foot long, like huge, like absolutely huge, came straight up to me, like six, seven foot away from me. And like, this was like, you know, like, would have been like a 90 kilo dog tooth, like right there. And I was like, holy shit, (laughs) like, I mean, anything I've seen that looks this big before is a shark. Yeah. Yes. Like That's so what I've uh, put my little gun out. And, I've looked at it, <laughs> and then I looked behind this other doggy that was with it, you know, it was probably about two thirds the size of it. And I've like, look at this big one, and I'm just like, no. I'm just,
0: oh, <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. I actually did. I was like, I looked at You need like, a time machine go back and slap yourself.
1: Mate, all I had was. <laughs> shot
2: the smaller one. All I had was this Rob Allen with two 11-litre floats. and yeah. a bunch, And I actually, I, even one in One shot, one opportunity. Even in my <laughs> mind, I like looked at this, and I was like, right, and I've turned around, and I've just, boom, plugged the small one.
1: I think and we're I, against that as a podcast, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. well, one chance. Smart yeah. thinking. Go all. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But We're I've, against smart thinking.
2: <laughs> I've, I've plugged this doggy and I've shot it and it's just done what doggies do. It stopped. It shook its head. Yeah. It oh. spewed up. Done what doggies and do. And then I, oh. I, I, sh- I shot it and it didn't move. I was like, have I stoned it? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. And then I've like seen it shake its head, do this big spew and then gone, like down. And I was just like, oh, and I've started punching it for the surface. My breakaway has gone, I've gone, and then all of a sudden I've um, seen my floats come flying past me. <laughs> and then I've looked and I was like, my floats, there's something wrapped in the floats. And I've looked and I've looked up and my mate's, my mate's holding onto his prize job fish. And that, what's happened is as the floats have gone past him, they've wrapped in his shooting line. Uh. They've, they've taken his job and he's trying to hold onto his job fish <laughs> <laughs> and it's just ripped this job fish out of his hand and the floats has gone and all of a sudden there's this shoe line, there's this big job fish just spiralling on the spear <laughs> behind it. It's going through and then he's, hold- well luckily like he's holding on to his float line for dear life and like I've hit the surface and like same thing, I've grabbed hold of his float line too and we've gone all the way to his floats and like, I could see my floats down at like 30, 40 metres just it, like just, Moving And we were holding on to the, his floats and I was like, there's no way if we let go of this. Like, these things are gone. Yeah. And then after, like, it felt like forever, you know, these floats have stopped, stopped, and then you could see them slowly start coming back up. Yeah. And, like, I was peeking and going over, like, pulled my way along his float line, you know, got to my floats, got rid of his jobby. I was like, get this thing out of my way. <laughs> and then, I was like, pulled it up and then anyway, came up and there was this doggie just circling and the big doggie was sitting Still there. with it as as doggies do again just hanging around it
1: and like my mate was like
2: looking at it he was like all oh, right i can load my gun and i was like don't even think about it and then like same thing we looked at and then we looked up and there's like these two bloody wahoo like these big logs like 30 kilo plus wahoo come to check us out as well yeah. my mate's like looking at them and he's like by this stage he's got his gun loaded again and, that. and i was like don't even fucking think about it <laughs> you're gonna shoot this fish down here like i'm not losing this fish and i hadn't you know i hadn't figured out what, what my shot was like or anything, but he's going down anyway and he's going to push out, and He's just like, mate, he's like, your fish is dead. Like, yeah. you've it. And it turned out I'd shot it through the back and it'd gone out through its guts and I think it hit its heart or something and it was dead and, you know, I pulled this thing up and boom, 60 kilo dog tooth wow. like in my hands. And I was just ecstatic, you know, like could not be happier.
0: Yeah.
2: And that was it, first dog tooth. Um, and then that just... I was like, these dog tooth are easy. Like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> and then if I, if I knew what I was in for after that, it was just thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, I've, I've been across the globe. Like, I've been to so many countries chasing these fish. I've, yeah, everywhere. Like, probably, you know, I've done the whole Pacific. I've done all of Indonesia. I've gone all the way up, you know, through – um. Thailand to the across the Andaman Sea in like a rickety old Thai fishing vessel and <laughs> you know, chasing, chasing dog, tooth. dog tooth and then, yeah, all the way to everywhere to the ends of the earth, really. Um, and then you know, like it's so hard, there's so much heartbreak, stuff going wrong. I, I shot Indonesia, I shot a bunch of um, good dog tooth there. That place is wild. Like, we crossed, went to these villages, like, you know, we're going to spots and where we were like. The second white person that I'd ever seen before over there, Timor and Papua New Guinea. Just, we were just flying like four flights to random places <laughs> and getting in a little local boat and going to a village because we heard there's a rock there that holds giant dog tooth tuna. And they, Fuck,
1: they, they that's held, cool.
2: They held tuna, yeah. And how, like, well,
1: how good would that docko be? Like, just instead of. You know, those old surfing ones they used to do, chasing the wave, just chasing yeah. the doggy.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing, you know, and it, it goes hand in hand, like being a surfer as well, and most of the places where the dog tooth are is there's surf too. So we'd do surf and dive trips. Yeah. You know, we put ourselves in a lot of um, dodgy situations. Like we've had some really heavy close calls in some of those countries as well where we've, um, you know, like almost died, like thinking we we're going to die. <laughs> um, or to chase a dog <laughs> You tuna. Know, we had one place where the boat literally left us, these Indonesians. Um, it was with Benny from here as well. Uh, we, hi- we went to this little remote place in the middle of nowhere and Indo and there was this little rock that we wanted to dive, you know, 40-mile offshore or whatever, and we managed to pay to get this fishing boat to take us out there. They were all excited. Oh, we're going out to this rock, uh, and there's a bunch of them all came as well, and then we're uh, the Chick, we were staying with this Indonesian chick. Her son came with us as well and we went out there and, you know, we, we got smashed the whole way out. We got there. It was rough as all night. The next morning they're just like, we're out of here. Like, we're going. We we're like, nah, we've paid you to take us out of here. Yeah. You know, like, the night before we were anchored in this place and we had to ditch the anchor because it was too rough. We had to go around the lee of the island. <laughs> and they were like, nah, no, nah, no!" Nah. And then we did one drift and we saw doggies and they are like, oh, we go now. And I was like, "No, nah, we've we paid you. We, we're staying out of here. Yeah. And like they were... <laughs> saying to get pretty, you know, they were, they were freaking like they hadn't slept all night and that. And then we did one more drift and then we dropped them off and they came up, dropped us off. And then all of a sudden, like we were drifting, we saw those. I shot a big job. I was like, Oh, I'll call the boat. And I popped my head up to look for the boat and they were gone. They were like, <laughs> oh, fuck. They were like seven, eight hundred meters away, steaming the other way. Yeah. Like, I was like, Fuck, they've left us. They're gone. <laughs> That's it. And Benny's like, Oh, we we're waving. And I was like, Oh, and I saw them going around the corner. i like, They've gone to get their anchor, they've dropped.
1: Yeah, uh, so right, yeah, yeah and I've
2: just said to Benny, I've like I've ditched all my gear onto him here yeah, the car and I was like I'm going to swim for them like, I've got to make that island so I just had to like against the car and everything like overarm it to them and it took me like 20 minutes like, I was screaming as hard as I could and I was just like peeking I was like I can't believe this is happening like
1: we're actually yeah, yeah, abandoned
2: the end of it and anyway I made it around the corner of this island like Ian Phelps would have been proud like I was <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I made it around. You just crossed two swimmers yeah. and that's even just, better. They've just pulled this anchor. They've pulled the anchor on board yep. and they were going for the mainland. I was swimming and I was like 30 metres away from us and Fight. I was screaming and waving. Sort of they were like looking around. and Then this, this, the son of the chick we were staying with has seen us all of a sudden and they started pointing at me. And started, like, yelling to the other guys. And I was just – I could see them talking between themselves, talking between themselves. And the last minute they just took the boat out of the gear. Yeah. And, like, I've had to swim to them. They're, like, I knew what they were doing. And, like, yeah. they had all our gear on board. They had everything. Fuck. They, they were leaving us. We were gone. And if I hadn't made it to them in time, and if it wasn't for the son of this chick that was there – and anyway, I was just, like, pointing. out, I was, like, go get Benny. He was, like, a K away at this time, yeah. like, floats waving in the Fuck. current. And we've gone and got him and then he's coming and he was like – I was like just about in tears. I was pretty much was. I was like, this is gnarly. Yeah. We went back anyway. We didn't speak a single word the whole way back.
1: You reckon they had the same – Conversation we had where they were just like, I oh, fucking oh, don't mate. like people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> life's,
2: life's cheap for them. Like, no, <laughs> life doesn't mean as much. It's a different place. Like, yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. they would have been like, we've got all their bags, we've got the year they've already paid us. Yeah. Like, we're just, these guys, we'll just say they disappeared. Yeah, like, yeah. No one will ever know. And anyway, when this young mate, Started crying, they must have been yeah. like, oh, well, we got witnesses. We can't kill him as yeah. well. <laughs> and anyway, we got back and then we went and then, yeah, we were staying. And this chick, we were staying with this old Indo chick. She was like, oh, we talked to her. We told her him. And She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, my son was really worried for you. Those fishermen are bad men. She was like, yeah, he was really worried. Those fishermen are bad men. Yeah. And like, so what he must have heard them saying. And then we were like, wow, we do all this for tuna? Yeah. Like, for spirit tuna? we've had many experiences like that and you know that but that's i mean just a bad one yeah yeah there's many like good ones good ones you know the the boys and all that we've sort of had a ball everywhere we've gone we've met some really good people yeah Um, i'm really lucky especially with my diving like that one of my good mates brandon (laughs) from over in the states is you know same thing just another guy that's obsessed with diving and loves it as much as i had the same bug the same fever and We sort of done a bunch of trips together and he's smashed a lot of good fish you know he's yeah pretty much um you know shot some of the best dog tooth tuna in the world really more than anyone yeah okay so to sort of tee up with him and we did some trips and that's back to what you were saying about you know the biggest ones we got we were actually in japan which is the last place on earth you think you'd find dog tooth tuna Or anything swimming in the ocean. (laughs) You know, that's super smart, the Japanese. Like, you know, they don't allow commercial fishing in their own waters. They've got huge marine parks. Spear fishing is illegal. You know, like if you want to fish there, you have to be part of a fisherman's union and you have to actually apply to go fishing in an area before you do. Like they manage it. So they
0: manage their their waters well.
2: Really well, like incredibly well. Um, And, yeah, sort of we went there and – even you know, like in saying that, like it's probably the hardest place I've ever dove. It's it's super cold over there, and the weather is so unpredictable. Like the water's cold, the, everything's cold. The water's cold. and the dog tooth there, and it. there's big dog tooth there. But it's like, yeah, like we were there. We did two weeks there, and we only dove. We could dive three days of that two weeks just because the weather like it changes so much, and then. You like with permits to dive. Like we'd have to get permits to dive an area, and then like a couple of the times we'd we'd had the permits and that in place, we'd go to dive somewhere, and then we'd get there, and all of a sudden the captain would get a call saying you're not allowed to dive. Yeah, it's been pulled. So we'd literally we'd travel all the way there and we'd turn around and go back. Yeah, fuck. Um, but you know there's good fish there. Uh what what size? Um, there's some big. There's some really big fish there. Um, you know like. Like that two hundred pound, like the two hundred pound fish, yeah. Yep. We sort of got a couple in like the one fifty range,
1: yeah,
2: um, which was <laughs> big fish, <laughs> yeah, big fish. It was awesome, like yeah, really big fish. And
1: have you it, noticed a difference between uh, the different countries, like uh, the behaviour and the dogtooth, like in that colder water, or is it
2: nah, all, dog, all fairly similar? Dogtooth dog dogtooth, dog like. They all behave the same. They're pretty predictable in a way, you know, like, and that's one thing, you know, we always used to do before we'd do a trip somewhere, you know, we'd research the area, you know, we'd look at the charts, we'd look at the currents, look at the moon phases, you know, that everything depends on the moon and we'd we'd try and plan our trips around those moon phases and the correct tides and, you know, the currents coming from this way, the fish are going to be on this side of the reef or, you know, this is where the bait will be. So this is where the fish will be you know find the bait find the fish it's um the general rule with all fishing and so yeah we'd, we'd plan a lot before we'd go somewhere yeah um, you know we'd try and we'd see the ideal you know your, your ideal what would be the ideal temperature for dog tooth so the right season to go there to get those yeah. temps um yeah preferably something that we found is a lot of the time you want you don't want the water to be too hot if yep. the water's too hot, it's like the dog tooth like the cooler water. So there might be a big dog tooth there, but if the water's too hot, they'll be down deep. Down deep. Yeah, they, yeah, they sit deep. deep. They sit deep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've d- found the same thing. If it's hot, it's no good. Because no, they, it's, cause it's they sit in like a hundred metre range of yeah. water and chase the temp, of, exactly. in, of the depth. Unlike billfish that
2: chase it across the globe, they just yeah. chase it up and down. But that's the thing. It's like you look at a dog tooth you look at the eyeball on a dog tooth churner, it's made to hunt in the deep or at night. Night so, time, yeah. You know, that's the yeah. thing with them. They um as divers, they will only come we're limited to the, you know, the depth we can hunt them in. So you're either yeah. gonna get them the the early morning or late avo. Yeah. Or, you know, on the the right time of year when the water's if there's a strong upwelling somewhere, you know, you get cold water pushing up, it'll push the fish up as well. Yeah. Or they're going to – I think a lot of time that we've found with them is when they aggregate to breed, they tend to do it in shallow water. They don't do it down deep. They come up higher to breed. Yeah. So, you know, well, that's, the most –
0: That's like mackerel and they're the same yeah. family. I
2: think a lot of that is um, like the mixing of eggs and sperm and that. You yeah. get that, that eddy yeah, okay. and they, they push it up into that. Exactly. So that's like, you know, the best times that we've seen the fish have been like I guess they'd be spawning aggregations where there's big schools of fish, and you know a lot of the times you'll find that you'll have your couple of big fish and then a bunch of small ones, sort of mixed in. Yeah, there will always be. And for dogtooth, it's like if you want to if you want to spear a big dogtooth, like you have to be the first person to dive that spot. Yeah, you know I think dogtooth are very territorial. You know they actually are quite a residential fish, unlike the other tunas. Yeah, yeah. So if, you know, the biggest fish, they will be the dominant fish in an area. So if someone's dove a spot, you you want to be the first person to ever dive a spot and you'll find the dog tooth there, they'll be big and they'll be dumb. Cause yeah. they're a smart fish. They learn like once, once someone's dove on them a couple of times. Yeah. And especially, and you get it, you get too many people, get too um, trigger happy and you know, they won't, they'll just have a Hail Mary or the, you know, they'll just, with Dogtooth, it's like if you go up, you do a drift, you drop, you'll see those big fish in the So like, That school won't move. It'll stay in the same area. You can drift past it if you don't get close enough to it. Just control yourself. Yeah, Don't shoot. Wait. It's like go in the boat, go back up current, whatever, do another drift. The fish will be there. They won't – you know, it's not like you've only got one chance ever to shoot them. Yeah. And too many people, it's like – but, you know – you get dog tooth fever a lot yeah, of people get excited get yeah. you get so excited and you're just like oh, you're like if i don't shoot i'm not even. so you just have hail mary's and a lot of the time you know and especially with dog tooth if you don't have the perfect shot placement on them because they're such a soft-bodied fish and with so much power they will take off and they will they'll tear your shafts yeah. Like we've had dog tooth saw themselves in half like i've had like i shot a big one at scott reef and we did a trip there we I shot a really big one and I was too close. I I waited trying to – it just wouldn't go away and I've shot it and it was a good shot but I've clean threaded it.
0: Yeah, I've had this And I've put it on
2: the cable and this was like – this same thing. This was in that 150 range and it took off and just buried the floats and the floats went down 20 metres and boom, straight up. And I knew I shot it. I saw the spear just punch out the other side. I knew. I was like, this fish is – it's yeah. gone. I might as well say goodbye right now. Yeah. The yeah. cable for like a metre and a half from the spear was white with flesh. Yeah. And skin yeah. Like it had just gone through and just saw, it's just like a, a garret. It had just sawn itself straight through. Like they would just chop themselves in half. Shit. So, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like if you don't have the, the perfect shot placement on them, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many factors that have to come together to land one of those fish. Um, you know, finding them is one thing and, yeah, shooting them is another, but that – honestly, that's like 20 to 30% yeah, of it. landing them the hardest bit. Landing them the hardest bit every time. And, I mean, the hardest part with them as well is it's teamwork. Yep. Um, you need to have – you need to dive with someone who's, you know, is turned on – you need to work as a team. It's yeah. like you're going to get that fish together as a team. It doesn't matter who pulls the trigger. If it's you yeah. or your friend, it's like, you know, we'll have someone – Generally, like three three guys, you have someone on the belly or the flasher. Yeah. You'll have someone diving with the cannon and someone ready to grab those floats. Like as soon yeah. as you shoot the fish, you need someone to just put the brakes on that fish, like stop them on the float. And then like, if you've just punched down a deep dive, you've shot it, it's taking your floats down. It's kind of, there's someone on that float straight away pulling that fish up, trying to keep it from the bottom. Yeah. Like yeah. You need to stop that fish getting to the bottom. Yeah, that's right. And we... Well, that's with my mate Brandon, like we work so good together, like that. Like, yeah. You know, we'll we'll just we, we'll function so smoothly. Like you can sort of see it in one of those videos from Scott Reef where we had that drone footage where, you know, I I shot yep. that dog tooth, and like you know he is like the floats go down as soon as he's on that thing just getting dragged around, just ripping up. I've only, I've just come up from a deep dive. You know, I'm still recovering and he's already, you know, like trying to rip that thing down, getting pulled I know I, I recover, I come over, you know, pass the gun over, grab on the float line, I start on it yeah. then. And it's like that combo like that working together.
0: Yeah. You know, that's that's how we're going to get it. That's how I've typically done it as well. And um, a lot of the time you'll run one guy with just a real gun and one guy with the cannon. And if you, you know, if you're both used to the same cannon, if someone does a deep dive, long, deep dive, Hits the top, says there's doggies down there. You just swap, and he, and the other guy gets the cannon. He's fresh. That way you don't have guys spotting fish from the top, both bombing at the same time on it. Oh, you know, exactly. each person knows their their place. You're either the second shot guy with the flasher, or you're the guy holding the cannon, and it's your fish. And then um, even the same thing, you know, you if you if you're on the real gun, and there's a timid fish down deep. But, you, you know, you can go down, shoot a rainbow runner, et cetera, keep it on the leash and get him up or, you know, everyone has a bit of their own place in it, you know. And yeah. then just because you've shot the rainbow runner, you can hold onto it while all mate has a dive. But then as soon as he gets up, you swap over. He can hold the string while it's flapping around down there and yeah. you can have a dive, you know. Like it. Then, you know, when you're with the right guys, you're not worried. Like you said, who pulls the trigger. It's just, um, you know, you, you want the, the boat to get the fish.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you guys think you're fairly lucky in that way or whether it's luck or, or just from who, who it's been? But there seems like a fairly close uh, community of spear fishermen sort of spread across Australia that is sort of, uh, I don't know, been fairly helpful for each other. The,
2: there, I- is, there is a fairly close. But then, you, as you can understand, like not many people want to – Talk about it it's like the amount of money and time and effort that you've put into you know exploring these places and yep. refining your gear and your techniques and things like that that you know it's all good like i don't you are helpful in that, but especially yeah when a lo- location wise you, a yeah, lot yeah, of the yeah. Side, yeah obviously you know, yeah. you're not going to tell like you know i'll I'll give a broad you know i'll say the country we're in, but I'm not going to tell you. Exactly where we go, yeah, yeah. or what that you know, there's tips and that, but yeah, we'll chuck
1: the coordinates up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's, there's certain things <laughs> that you're never going to say, but I, you know, I don't believe in trying to keep I, I you know, I want to help people land the dream fish and that, you know, yeah, so yeah, they can work together. And a lot of people, like when you're starting off, you, you sort of don't really know much about it, um, yeah, you know, it's always helpful. Like, I think I used to watch all the vids of the crew that. Yeah, you know, I knew we're doing it and that, and I'd try and glean as much info as possible. And to put it down simply, I'd hate to see um, just less fish get injured and lost as well. Like the way I look at it, the more detailed info people have, the more chance they have of landing their fish and losing their fish.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, and that that is a like a massive factor in it. And that's like a lot of guys have said as well with that, the sort of the landing the fish. And so I was trying to talk about before with the patience is, you know, you're never going to shoot a uh, 70-kilo doggy when you're shooting you're over 10-kilo ones and the 20-kilo ones and all the small ones, you know, like yeah. you've literally, you've got to be so patient. It's like you can, you've can, you got to wait for that one fish to come through because the amount of times we've done it as well, you've been like, oh, I'm going to plug this 20-kilo doggy and You shoot it, yeah, goes out, and then all honest. of a sudden there's an 80-kilo doggy trying to eat it, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like wigging out, like looking around, and you know there's no one there. Like yep. oh, that's one of the massive things as well. But it's also like, you know, that 20 kilo doggy is going to grow into an 80 kilo doggy one day. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's next the kilo. next
0: generation's that's 80. It.
2: That's dead right. And, I mean, you will spook the fish. That's why, I, you know, I think a lot of the older school mentality of like blatting a heap of fish and, you know, getting a photo holding, you know, yeah. six dead doggies or whatever, it's it's not that. And it's like, you know, it is. It's about that one fish. Yeah. So I'll do trips where I... I wouldn't even pull the trigger. I'd okay. pull, I wouldn't even pull the trigger once, you know. I've been walled by doggies and stuff the whole time and I just haven't seen that one fish. Yeah. But then every now and then, you know, I'll have someone there I'll be like, one of my good mates, Eggy, is a good diver but he's pretty soon. I'll be like, I'm sure there's a good fish here but I was like, I just need a bit of commotion. I'll be like, oh, Eggy, look at that 20 kilo doggie. like, you should shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you reckon? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll shoot it and then he'll... I'll just be like, "Where's this eighty kilo one?" (laughs) Just waiting, yeah. Just like you know, because that's with doggies and that they think they're sharks. It's the the best thing to get them is to yeah, have something else, shoot something else, shoot. You know, shoot a small doggy. Like you you know, you can be selective like that. You can shoot a doggy, or you shoot a rainbow runner, or something if possible, a mackerel or something like that. Just some some commotion in the water. Like commotion's the best thing, yeah, Yeah. in a way, if you can. So.
0: Oh, you go. I was going to say, I think that community thing, Australia and worldwide, you're saying too, Squarely, is with the top divers, spear fishermen and people around the globe, like Nate's saying, you don't just want to give it all away what you've no. got locally too. So, you know, there's a lot of um, relationships that are formed where, you know, guys will go to someone else's home area and get shown all the good shit no one else gets to see because there's no threat of them. They don't have their own boat there. They're not going to live there. They're just coming for a week. They won't go without you. And then you return the favour back. You know, yeah, like sort I'm of sh- the trade off. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Nate's done done that with Brando. Had him here, and he's had him there, and then everywhere else in between. And and most of the, you know most of the guys you dive with. So you get the really good guys like that, and they um and you yeah you you get a lot back from what you give without the threat of you know. It's like here's my best whatever spot, and then it's like, oh yeah, I've just bought a boat, and you're yeah. like, fuck, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I needed, exactly. You know, so
0: I think there's a lot of that goes there,
2: on. There right? is actually like, and you would be surprised the 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 whole like the spearfishing community worldwide is like quite generous. Like, I've had guys and you know I've never even met before from over in remote places wherever. You know, we social media is one good thing for that. Like we've sort of. Met up and talked, and they've been like, "Come over and you know try and shoot one of these fish." And yeah, like yeah, and you you'll go over, fly over, and you know you'll meet crew that you've only talked to online, and you'll be in some little you know third world country. Yep, meeting up to go shoot fish with them. Fish, yeah. Um, you know, it's we've had some amazing experiences like that, and you know everyone is really generous. Uh, and then just like Lee was saying, that they, they dream you know my dream might be to go and shoot a fish over there, whereas their dream is to come and you know shoot. A red emperor here. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and that's the way it works. Like I'll have them come and stay over here and take them out and vice versa.
1: Yep. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a, who you think the best spear fisherman you've seen? Do
2: you have a name or? Oh, you can't, you, you honestly, I don't think you can say that because there's guys who've got like incredible breath holds and depth ability. As one, and, you know, that's an incredible spear. And then you got guys who are super fishy who can just, you know, are really good at hunting and that, you know, like you can't say. I thought
1: you were just saying that, stinks. Like, yeah.
2: There's, <laughs> there's not an all-round, you know, best guy. There's guys that in the right field are the best divers for what they do. Yep. Uh, and then there's guys, you know, there's some guys that are amazing at hunting big pelagics and there's other guys that are amazing at doing huge dives and spearing bottom fish.
1: Yeah. In the depths. So So there, there's no one or no names that you've just been blown away by oh, well, when you come have on to, with them.
2: You'd have to say like there's the guys like Tim Mack and that who you've dove with Lee a fair yeah. bit. And Tim's like that's, phenomenal. you know, they're just naturally good divers who are doing, you know, crazy things, they're diving really deep and they're shooting crazy species that in places where you didn't think it'd be possible to go to do it, yeah, as a diver. And then, on the other foot, you know, you've got the guys like Brandon and that, who is he's a really good deep diver too, and he's just super fishy guy, and he's shot some amazing tuna like dog tooth and yellowfin. Like that guy shot, like you know, like, I think it was like three hundred and fifty pound yellowfin, like unofficial world records, and <laughs> just going to places people had never been back in the day, and been really driven enough to do it. And so, yeah, there's like, yeah, it's kind of a broad a broad scope of that. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's right. And then you got guys in the med diving 60 and 80 meters to oh. shoot a fucking tarwine. Exactly. You know, yes. like in 50 meter viz, drop weight and getting the bands, popping fucking <laughs> ribs <laughs> yeah. through lungs and shit. And they're like, yeah, I got this tarwine. Yeah. And you think not much of it. And then they whack them in the world titles and they just flog everyone else because they're just used to. For diving for fish that are that flighty and non existent that when you, they get somewhere good, they <laughs> dominate it. Yeah, they
2: do, and that's the thing about it. And that's like, you see some of these guys, like, they go and they're like, they go to a spot where you know, like, they hold, it holds good doggies and shit like that. And they would go there, you're like, these guys are going to shoot a, you know, yeah, they're going to shoot a 100 kilo it. fish for sure. And they go there and, you know, they can barely shoot a 20, 30 kilo dog tooth because they just don't, they're not tuned in with it. They don't know how to hunt it. They don't know what to look for. And, yeah, That's, that's what right. I'm saying, like that's where it comes in a sense. You've got amazing ability to dive deep and all that and then on the other foot you've got amazing ability to be able to hunt certain fish as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's just one of those things that's, um, you know, you can't really say
1: Yeah. I, I was just thinking the same thing, like in most ways, Lee a better Spearow than me, but then when it comes to hunting milkfish, <laughs> I just got that sense of a, what a big milkfish is and I've always just killed him at it. I
0: think the only thing you're better at is like a drowning impression.
1: <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, I do that pretty well too. Found your um, your hidden talent. <laughs> <laughs> Milk fish and drowning. So, Milk. so has it always been uh, pelagic?s Like as uh, sparing like your your goal since that first?
2: Um, no, nah, I've I've kind of um I've gone through everything, and that's one thing that's led me to blue marlin, I guess as well. Is I've as far as spearfishing goes, I've kind of ticked everything that I've ever wanted to do. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, focused on the fish. And when I, I want to get that, I'll be like, wow, I want to get a big red, you know, and then that's all I can think about is big reds. And then it's like, I'll get a big red, yeah, multiple big reds. And then I'm like, wow, what about, you know, a big mackerel? So I'll go, you know, I'll get big mackerel. Yeah. And it's like, well, what about, you know, Wahoo? And I go and get big Wahoo. Um. So yeah, now I've, I've kind of, gone through my whole there's a list you know all divers have got the list of you know they want to yeah. get a fish over a certain weight you know it's like mackerel big over 30 fish. wahoo over 30 big milkfish over 10 <laughs> yeah um reds over 10 you know a big scarlet yeah um you know big WA jew fish or, as you know there's like you set yourself these goals that you want to achieve yep and then it's like you'll chase them and it's good because you've got something to work towards you know it's a challenge and but then it's like once you achieve it you gotta
1: find something else. You gotta
2: find something else. And you sort of you keep moving on. You gotta yeah, keep yeah. finding yeah. something to like, you know, drive yourself towards getting that fish. And then I mean that's sort of in the same sense, like as if you are like too, Lee, like you've shot a lot of good fish now. And then you kind of go like sort of get to a point where you're like, All right, what now? Yeah. So like, I've kind of I've you like think about it, you're like, I've already done this, I've done that. It's so like you enjoy doing it. But then it's like you need to find something that drives you that sort of, you know, you've got to have that passion. and
0: Yeah, that's right. And that's where, as far as fishing goes, bill fishing ticks a lot of boxes, is the difficultness. Like the those days you've had out with the tuna and the bait balls and that, you can't just replicate that and make it happen. Where, you know, like spearing trout or bottom fishing for snapper or anything like that, you know, a lot of guys go, oh, marlin fishing's boring and I like bottom fishing. You know, there's action all the time, but it's like – if, if any of us three want to go out and catch a snapper or a red emperor or whatever tomorrow, we just go out, we get it, we come home. Yeah. And then we do it the next day and then we do it the next day. All three of us, we want to catch a grander. Okay, let's go do it. Five years later, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just 60 days a year, yada, yada. It's like, okay, let's get this thing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, and that's where the excitement comes from where, you know, you know you're your high end guys in the field of fishing are after something that not that you just can't get, you know. So, and I think that's that's where bill fishing comes into it, definitely for me.
2: Well, oh, I'm and I'm in the same the same belt. Like I was saying at the start, like you know when I first came up here and that, like I remember going out with one of my mates, um, marlin fishing. We're chasing blues, and I was just like, this is so. Boy. I was like, we're sitting here, nothing, nothing, nothing. And it's like, oh, son, there's a ride. It's like, it's going off and here's this blue marlin doing a scene. I was like, this is what we sit sitting around all day for. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's how it was. And then, yeah. um, like I said, it wasn't until we went out chasing, I wanted tuna because, and this sort of ticked on from my obsession of trying to spear a yellow fin.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: And then, you know, that had taken me all around the world as well, like trying to spear a yellow fin. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to try and catch a yellow fin. And then Blue Marlin came into it and then, like you're saying, there's so many variables and things that – and same with the gear. It's like there's so many different things with the gear. It's like what about this hook? What about that hook? Like hook up, hook down. Yeah. This, that. And it's like it's something that you literally can't control. Yeah. And that's what's so exciting about it. And there's always that, you know, idea that you're going to catch one of these monster marlin That yeah, it'll just life changer. Life changer. It actually is. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and then the stuff that comes with it, you don't plan. You know, like you're out there trying to catch as many as you can, so that if you get a chance on a thousand pounder, you might catch it. And then you get a grand slam, and you're like,
2: "Fuck, that was cool."
0: Yeah, you know, as a little byproduct or whatever.
2: And that and that is with our fishery as well out here. Yeah. Um, but I think, and that's something that I've learned. You know, I've spoken to a lot of blue marlin fishermen you know from around the world and that and i'm like wow these fish you know they're almost in the sense like they've ruined my life and they're like (laughs) like, that's been me for 20 years yeah i started blue marlin fishing 20 years ago and they're like we still sit there awake at night thinking about them yeah so and they've caught hundreds even like you look at eddie like those guys have Literally caught thousands of blues and it still just drives him like he's still obsessed with them. Um, Yeah, I've seen
0: I've seen Wes miss a day and like be angry because he's heard that Ed's got three by lunchtime. It's like you've you've done 90 days
2: straight (laughs) this year, like and he's like, Oh, I can't, I want one. It's like Jesus. Well, I think that that speaks in terms, you know, of actually how um addictive Blue Marlin. Fishing can be, in a sense, I don't know if it's different people or you know, like saying a, a drug addict or something. Some people, yeah, yeah try so. crack and they don't think it's that great, and every you know every fourth person's just like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> I <mean, maybe> yeah. <laughs> Through marlin fishing is the same thing, you know, it just ticks certain people's boxes and they yeah. just become obsessed with it. And yeah. I mean, I can see that definitely like, and
0: like um squarely saying about worldwide spearfishing cultures you know amongst what you consider the top divers that don't just want to shoot a feed they want to shoot the biggest whatever that's ever swam in this town particularly we've got a really cool marlin culture which helps feed it it's not just you're not just alone just going oh fuck i want to go out and catch another one you know there's there's a group of guys and girls that are just obsessed as well and then you get them all together like we are now and it just feeds off each other, you know, and you're bouncing ideas and, and the radio chatter that's out there, you know, like when you get to the ramp and I see your car and trailer and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's already out there. He's beat me to it. Yeah. Send you a text and you're like, I'm bloody here, east or west or north or south. Oh, okay, I'll go the other way and cover a bit more water. Have you seen one? Have you seen one? You know, oh, we just had a horse on.
2: You know, it's it's absolutely awesome the whole culture that goes with it as well. Oh, definitely, and I mean, I, I, in a way, it, there's also like I guess a bit of competitiveness there too, which is like when you start talking about numbers, like it's all it actually is about numbers. Like <laughs> you get so obsessed stats. with your, the stats, your numbers, and you know, I like to think of myself as a like you're saying, like a pretty laid back and stay away from people, but then you get driven by numbers. It's like you almost want to, you know, you want to beat someone else's day it's like you catch the most fish that day and you feel good You yeah a that's right yeah having like a, good day a good day run good. and you know everyone i think in a sense everyone needs to have that little like to be a like obsessed with bloom island fishing or whatever you have to have that little bit of ego and drive to you know competitiveness almost to be obsessed with your numbers yeah definitely potato. and it it actually is like it as much as you hear know, here it's like when you hear like there's been a bunch of good fishermen out for that day or whatever and then, you know, you've had the best numbers for the day. It's like you feel pretty good. You're like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I must be doing something all right. Yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: right. Don't don't worry about that. Any time and it hasn't been often that we catch better than Eddie, we just claim that we're
2: better than Eddie now. That's oh, it. That's
1: yeah. the goal. <laughs> it's happened like twice.
2: <laughs> that's the thing we've. This blue marlin fishing thing, though, is like it's almost anyone's game. Like, we'll think we'll be feeling pretty good about ourselves up here. You know, we got it dialed, we've got our hooks down, our hooks sharp. Our, you know, I'm running 400 pound litre and I'm getting the bites. And then, you know, some random guy will roll in from Perth who's just bought two lures from Tackle World and he goes out there and, you know, outdoes everyone Yeah. in a day, just hits a patch. And it's like just your average Joe's going out there and just crushed. The great Eddie Lawler or something, you know. Yeah. Like that's just the way it happens with that fishing and that. Like, it, it's crazy. And that's where it's a game
0: of of statistics for me. Like, you know, you can go out there and drop seven, roll on home with nothing, feel like a wanker. Another day, go out and catch all seven and think you've reinvented the game. Yeah. So well, you got to take it over. A long period. Yeah, a yeah. long period, you know. like And then you can sort of look at it and go, well, you know, we're going 30%, we're going 40%, we're going 50%, you know, catching one, uh, one out of every two fish that we get up in the spread. Am I happy with that? Am I not? You know, like I, I love all that sort of stuff. I've oh,
2: haven't. yeah. Uh, I guess it's the highs and lows. Like I've had days where I've literally almost thrown my reels overboard. Like <laughs> I've, I've literally <laughs> cut – like I've dropped fish off the same lure, like – a bunch of times in a row and I've had like a dummy spit and like cut the lure off and just like hoiked it. It's just lure. <laughs> yeah, you know like, and it just brings out the worst in you. But then like you'll go from dropping the fish to you haven't changed a thing and all of a sudden boom, you bang six fish in a row off the same lure and you hook and land every single fish. Yeah. And so you haven't changed anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're landing everything. And yeah, so how do you yeah. Like that. And it happens to the best of us. Like yeah. it happens to you, me, like Freeballs was having a shocking run and that. Like that, you know Ed has it as well. Here we go, days of donuts and not and It's like flu mile and they just humble you. Like Yeah. Everyone. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh we better wrap this up shortly. But um yeah, so to you spear fishing. What are the fish that stand out that you've shot like the ones that you're most proud of telling uh, people
2: would have been my my big yellow fin that i finally got um yeah and that was in mexico yeah a few years ago how many kilos uh we didn't it's hard to say like we call it 200 pound a 200 pound yellow fin shit i like that's what the guys there you know this spot this fishing operation will be like they don't weigh any of the fish they just like look at it like you know, 200 pound you know they get big fish up 300 pound 400 pound like yeah yeah we got some we did a trip down um to a, one of the places there and you know we've been chasing yeah you know, that was my third trip to mexico and i hadn't shot a yoke in yet you know i've like been down there chasing them for so long and then one day it sort of all came together and yeah we we'd sort of like the week before that we'd We'd gone down into, like, Michicon, like, the place where Cartel Land was filmed a couple of years before. Like, it was Naui. Like, you're told never to go there. Like, you're you pretty much, like, there's a high chance of dying pretty much. <laughs> And we were, like, sitting there and we'd heard we heard there was this high bank off this little town and we're like, no, nah, we can do it. We can shoot down there from where we are. Um, at the moment, we are in uh, Pasquales up in mainland Mexico and we're like, no, nah, we'll shoot down and... The boys had the hot tip and he's like, no, nah, it's safe as houses. We're only just crossing the border going in. And we're like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. One of our mates lived there for ages and he's like, you know, smokes a bit of weed or whatever. And he's like, oh, no, man, it's cool as. It's like, do it all the time. I surf down there. So we are packed up the car. We're heading down. We're all pumped up across the border. And then we're going in and hit like this – all of a sudden there's just like this roadblock, like the, the, this militia has dragged this log across the road. Yeah. Literally armed militia walking up and down, big roadblock. And we're like, boom, we're like – Brian, what is this? He's like, <laughs> Whoa. he's like, this is really heavy. I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> um, we were just like, so high, and there's like these armed militia just walking up and down, checking all the cars. And, you know, we sort of rolled up a bit. And he's like, he speaks fluent like Spanish and that. And he's like, oh, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we're, we're battling the cartel at the moment. They just kidnapped one of our um, town residents uh, two days ago. So we're at war of them now. So we're actually finding them and executing them. Like, oh shit. Literally, and like, they've searched our car and they're like, no, you guys are right to go through. And they've like dragged the log aside. Yeah. And we we're going through and we we're just sitting there like, holy shit, like what have we done? We're going down there and we're like, we're going to dive this bank and it doesn't even exist. There's not even a bank out there. <laughs> so we've driven around out there and like, can't find this bank and we can't find spinner dolphins. And so we're going in and we're starting at this, we're the only hotel in the whole town. And like, we're sitting there and you can hear gunshots going off and stuff. And, <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah, we're like, we're just going to go and get, you know, some burritos or something. And we went down, we're sitting at this little um, market stall, like, just in the street. It was all dark. And then, just like, out of nowhere, just boom, 10 um, militia guys, like, guys carrying, like, gold plated AK 47s with, like, big handguns on the hips. And they've just walked in. we like, <laughs> the yellow at, fit. <laughs> just, look, yeah, just looking at us and, like, walking, and like, standing around us, looking at us, like, just staring at us. And we're sitting there. It's, like, me and my two sepo mates my american mates and we're just like oh we're gonna die for sure 100 <laughs> like, percent. and like, they've gone to order their burritos and we're just like let's eat and go and we've eaten and like gone and like we're standing at this place and like, i couldn't sleep i was like just waiting i was like at any moment we're gonna get the door kicked in and we're literally gonna come and they're gonna drag us out like we're yeah gonna, we're gonna die like it was so heavy i was like oh what have i done and then the next day we went down and then we're like dude we gotta go like let's get out of here so we yeah we packed up that arvo and we left but then we left and we were like we got a hot tip We're like they're smashing these big fin out of um pv puerto Vallarta. um they're getting like 300 400 pound fin online like we gotta go so we've just like driven a full day got there like hired this boat we're going out there and these guys are like oh yeah like these mexican guys are like yeah there's big bird piles everywhere and churning them we sat in this boat and first thing in the morning we're going out and they're just looking on the radar and they're just like, boom, big bird pile and we're just going there and we can see like this huge bird pile and just these foamers who are like big tuna. And we got there and the first two guys that were with us, they've just like rolled straight in and boom, one of them bladed a yellow fin. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's on. And then he's like, oh, it's only like a 40-kilo fish or something, like, you know, 80-pound fish. And we're like, oh, what? And we're watching and watching and I was just watching this big bird pile like, 400 meters away from us, just going on. And I was like, fuck this, these guys can stay here, take us to this other pile. Like, <laughs> we're jumping in and shooting a tuna. Yeah. And it worked out really good. And it's like, we got over there and it was my turn with the gun. And one of our mates was up in, up the top on the flybridge and he's like, swim, swim, swim. And then he's like, dive now, dive now. And like, you're like swimming as hard as you can, hard as you can, hard as you can. Then you're like, you drop down and you do like a five meter dive and you're already out of breath. And then it's like murky as, and you can just see that there's big, tuna just going around going around and then I had a couple of really big ones and I didn't pull the trigger because I thought I was too far and then I was out of breath and I was like I've oh, blown it the tuna have all gone like this is it it's over And I was like you could like you could have shot. and then all of a sudden these three tuna just popped out I was like Oh, hail Mary what I thought and i just clean hit this one and yeah ended up it went nuts went down I spined it and yeah it went around and we got up and i didn't even because the water's so dirty, didn't even realize I'd, i thought it was you know like 80 90 pound churn or like maybe 40 50 kilo and then it wasn't until we were pulling it up and i was like this thing's got a lot of weight and then i was just popped out of the gloom and it's just this big cow yellow fin i was like, clean center punched it <laughs> and just went down and second shot it and got my Arse handed to me, trying to brain it. I stabbed the knife in and I missed its brain and this thing just took off and I had my hand stuck in its gills and I was literally like jet skiing across the surface (laughs) with this thing just like smashing me and I had like two spears and cable all around me and I was like, I cannot let go of it.
1: Yeah.
2: I've ended up killing it and then, yeah, we got it on and that was my big tuna. It was like there was years and years of hard work and all of a sudden I did it. How good's the story for it though? Like,
1: If you're going to put in years, at least – you know, it should involve the cartel.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate! It, it, it had uh, I think like that's my broad coverage. Of spe- it's involved everything: cartel, dodgy indos, like amount of times I've been sick and food poisoning and rush the hospitals and yeah, you know, all for the it, tuna. Yeah, all for the tuna. It's an obsession.
1: Yeah. Um. Just quickly, uh, fish that you still got on your bucket list. What do you – like, uh. Fishing or spear fishing. What what's next?
2: Uh still I'm gonna spear a big West Oz Yellow fin. Yep. One of these days. over a hundred? If it's there. If it's there. That's the plan. I'm gonna have to start taking my spear gun out with me fishing, but I will do it. Yeah. Over eighty'd be nice. Over eighty would be good, yeah. That I think the Oz record's like sixty seven or sixty eight. Yeah. I think it'd be quite easy to beat that. Yeah, but you you just yeah the right day everything come together we'll do it I think maybe you know put a a deep water fat in or something ourselves and that's probably the way it's the only way to do it actually and I think it's quite possible but yeah just time and effort
1: yeah well we'll I I suppose like yeah I think in America or am I right they don't remove their uh, oil platforms or anything. Or am I just completely off on that? I don't know.
2: No, nah, they leave the oil platforms in, but they don't have the same rules that Australia does where you're not allowed to come within five hundred meters. Yeah. So that makes the, it The um, platform. But the thing is, America they have platforms where there are big yellow um, here we do not. Like the platforms and FPSOs we have here off the northwest, they're all in too shallow. Yeah. There's okay. no big yellow fin. And then the other problem with them is is the shark Sharks. populations on yeah. them, like you you could not even, you know, once you get close to those platforms, there's just the marine life on them is amazing, but there's a lot of big sharks, so just a lot of sharks. You'd never land a fish on them.
1: Yep. All right. Anything you got to say, Lee Nah, no, I'm good. Anything you want to say?
2: Nah, no, I'm happy, mate. This has been a pretty good yarn.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, cheers. Thanks for chumming up and um, good luck on the 100 kilo tuna or whatever happens next. And, um, Stay away from the cartel. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: my plan, mate. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Scarly.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Also like us on Instagram and Facebook at Chumming Up. And I hope you get out and get amongst them. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>